Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Hey, good morning. Man, it's bright in here. Holy cow. You know, I want to thank you guys ahead of time for for being here this morning. Um, It means a lot to us as we get ready to open a free grace church in Harker Heights next weekend. The, the, the vision has been long coming. Um, some of you really don't know my family, where we come from, or, or the, the direction that we've taken. I, got, I was blessed to come in here in October and do an interview with, with Brian and kind of do a short testimony and that's kind of a, it was a big thing at that time to really open some doors, you know, and, and, and call on what, what God's doing up, up in our area and in our lives. I feel even more blessed. Um, Pastor Brian last week brought the five pillars of the church and shared that we'd be moving into a series over the next weeks and then asked me to go ahead and lead this up with God-driven serving I have to say that speaking on God-driven serving is a, is a huge ask. Um, I'm going to ask you all for grace this morning. I, I typically don't preach from a transcript base. I, I free preach um, off God's word. Normally, the congregations I preach to are in open outreach. They are maybe a needy community, a homeless center, or even on a prison yard. And as we move into Harker Heights and the, the partnership that we've now got with Hill Country there, it's, it's just a, a blessing. You all, you all have, are, part of the, are part of the blessing. You know, we, um, we really work through some things in, in the life that, that God has given each of us we really need to understand the callings and where our gifts come from. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. Each, each member of this congregation, each Christian as a whole, has been given a gift. And sometimes we overlook them. Sometimes we don't even know we have them. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a really, really rough spot to be in. You know, we... We get to, I get to share today the, the wonderful things that we all get after we've received salvation and the spiritual gifts and callings. You know, even you look at that and, and you watch people and you really, really wonder, like, where you're at? Where, where am I at? And it's, and it's brought us to, to thinking on things a lot differently you know, when we look at life, the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. And this is a quote I, I found during my research on this sermon topic. And when I found the quote, 
I'm like, this has got to be a pastor. You know, it's something that actually comes from the secular world. It was Pablo Picasso. When we really start looking at things, no matter whether you're Christian, you're of the world, or you're of the life, there are all the same things that we look at. We look at the gifts and what are we supposed to do with our life. You know, as we, as we open and, and really start to communicate and, 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 and speak this morning, I'm different than Brian. I'm different than Jason and the guys here. And you know what? It's been a blessing to be here with them. But like I said, I'm asking for grace because I'm so far out. You know, um, this morning I was over at Sun City, and I'd ask them the same question I'll ask you. Do we have any fishermen or women in here? Wow, I see, oh, I see more hands than I saw earlier. All right, all right. You know, over there, I think I had one hand, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And then honestly, I realized, oh, wow, I'm in Texas. You don't have fishing here. <laughs> so a little, a little bit about me. Um, and you'll, this kind of explains where, where we're biased and where we come from. Our family comes from the Pacific Northwest. I spent years living on the Columbia River. And my life and part of God's provision for me at the time, and I thought this was the truest gift, was I fished the salmon seasons. And that was part of how my family survived. And I really thought that God had me here and the gift I got was to be able to be on the river during salmon season and know that when I came off the boat, there was a lady there that would take the fish and I would get a box of produce. It was a good deal, pound for pound. You know, we, 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 we laugh about it. And, and the reality is, is that that highlight of my life showed me that I was a fisherman and that that was something that I enjoyed, but it was a talent, not a gift. It was something that was put on me or I had been able to do, but it wasn't really, the provision was a gift, but my ability was just a talent. When I was working through this, I spoke with the pastor, the, the other pastor in Harker Heights, and we were just sitting over coffee, visiting, and I was preparing my scripture, my sermons for today. And we were talking about the gifts, and he said, I want you to consider something. We consider these gifts, but God packed you with talent. But are those really your gifts? You know, some of us are talented. I'm sure we've got sportsmen in here. We've got, you know, the guys that were semi-pro athletes. We've got fishermen. We've got business people. We've got people that have found a job that they're very talented at and they excel well. You know, I was doing that in the Northwest. I was excelling on living on that river. You know, one of the things that, that really brought me to this and it brings me to kind of where my Christian walk is, we used to, we used to experience the salmon runs. And so in the morning I would get up and we go down to the river and I get on the boat and you pull out and the water would start to tremble. And it was almost like being on water with the wind hitting it. You ever been on the lake with the white caps come up? But the morning would be that way and it was still. 
The water was still as glass, and then it would start to tremble. And as far as you can see eye to eye, wider than this room, there was salmon everywhere. And we, we would hook up and we'd spend the day there. And that life, and that was a point when I realized that God had me in this position to enjoy the splendor of his creation. And that my provision and the gift was from him was that at the time. And I was blessed. And my family was blessed and we met lots of people in that area. But our lives are ever changing, as are yours. They're directed by God, and if he guides us in a direction, it's to use the spiritual gifts he's given and the calling he's put on your hearts. You know, that, uh, that day came, and this, this little bit adds to where my testimony left off. You heard the darkness, but not the light. You know, we were up there in, in Washington on the river, and God put it on our heart. It was time to go. And we decided, okay, we're going to pack up. We're going to leave Washington. And there was some conversation. And we realized we were called to Texas. Now, the kicker in this story is being obedient. I'd never been to Texas. My wife had never been to Texas. I knew one pastor in Texas. That's the only person that I knew here. And I called him and I said, hey, Gary, man, I need to come to Texas. God says, I got to come to Texas. He says, where are you going? I said, Waco. He says, no, you're not. Stay out of Waco, man. He says, he said, that place looks great on TV, but you don't want to be there. I said, oh, okay, so help me out here. You know, help me out. Help, help a brother out. He says, um, I got you. So the lady in his congregation, she was a real estate agent. And so she went. And she found us a rental house in Temple, Texas, so I could be centrally located and I could learn the environment. It was a blessing that we got there. Now, the next portion of this story is kind of where the obedience comes from. My wife and I are in Texas, and I make a phone call, and they bring a 53-foot semi, and they load all my stuff, and we send it south. It's a six-day drive with kids and dogs, and the semi got there before me to a, to a town and a house I'd never seen. We trusted God because we knew he's always got something for us. And because really when he tells us to go, it's time to move. And we look at planting churches the same way. Pastor Brian and I have discussed this, and this is, this is the first one we're getting ready to do. But for the rest of my life, I'll be planting churches, whether that be because God calls me home, or because Christ returns. We have, we have a focus on sharing the grace, the message of grace with the people out there. You know, as it, as it all changed, and I, I got down here, and we, uh, we got to Texas, and I realized, oh man, they have no fishing. <laughs> they, they have no rivers. And the lake that I can see is drying up. I couldn't understand it at all. And I started to pray a lot. And I asked God every morning, I'd say, okay, why have you brought me to this desert? I have survived being homeless. I have been hopeless. I've been a prisoner in the real and metaphorical sense. But why am I here? Like in Texas. You know, and I, I started meeting good people. I, I got to give Texas credit. The people are awesome. 
I, I'm still struggling with the heat. You do have two seasons. You have summer and purgatory. That's all you got. You know, and, and when I looked at this, I said, man, oh gosh. So we got through the first summer. We got here in July. It was a 4th of July weekend. It was 113 degrees. I'm by myself because I knew nobody and I'm unloading a 53 foot trailer. And I'm like, oh God, what have you done to me? But we continued on. We really continued on. And so we got unloaded and we got situated. And then January, 2021 hit. What is that for all of you? Some of it called it your snowpocalypse. I knew I was home. There's six inches of snow outside. I was afraid that's all I got. They gave me six inches instead of five feet. It's okay. It's okay. You know, we've been here since then, right? And we've been blessed to, 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 to tour Texas and to meet people and then to partner with, with, the, with the family here, you know, at, at Hill Country. And it really has changed our lives. You know, the reality is that we are all where God wants us to be. We are where he wants to show us our gifts. We're where he wants to show us our callings. Every day of our life, every single step taken has put us in the spot he needs us to be. You see, spiritual gifts are something every believer gets. We're given them when we receive the gift of salvation. So we all believe that salvation is a free gift from the Lord, correct? So the moment that you get that gift of salvation, God says, I got something else for you. I got a gift. But see, the gift doesn't come so easy. We have to figure out what the gift is. It's like a surprise in a box. He puts this inside of us and he lets us realize over time what that gift is. Ephesians 4, 7 says that Christ has generously divided out his gifts to us. We, that's, a, that's a big statement. We ask, what are we gifted for? If you generously provided it, we're gifted to serve God and others. You know, he doesn't give us something so that we use it. He gives us our life, and that's, that's a great thing. But the other things that he does for us is so that we can do something for someone else. It wasn't so that we could hold it, hold it for our own security. How do we become a congregation, and how do we become the body if we're so in tune with self? You know, he's given us these gifts so that we can really, really do more. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good, God's, as good stewards of God's varied grace. I think that's a, that's a telltale right there. You know, we, we, we really have this gift and we've got his provision and his love. And it's just part of our lives now. You know, the, God has given us a calling, has given us gifts and a calling. In the num- as a number two, we're not all going to be gifted the same. And that third key point today that we'll hit is we are gifted without repentance. And I look at these things 
And as we, we work through some of this, it's really, it's really varied by the person. You know, Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love, and each part does its work. As we look, he has given each of us a call, a gift, has given each of us gifts and a calling. You know, that, that portion allows us to, to learn more about ourselves internally. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to be a servant of the needy, hurting and broken. I have been given a heart and ability to teach and be an apostolate type person in that community. Now, before we get taboo on the word apostle, I want to I wanna really put a disclaimer in here. I'm nowhere near, nor do I claim to be one of the original 12. <laughs> the word apostle, generally meaning, is sent on mission, translated into, into Latin as missio, and from this word we get missionary. In Greek, it simply means sent one, on the broader meaning a messenger. Beyond that, there were future apostles in Acts who were sent out as missionaries. These men were sent, the sent ones that were chosen for a specific work on behalf of the church. You know, we, we look at that, and I want to hit this today, and, and we talked about the five pillars, and I'm the first one that gets to be up here and speak, but you'll see that we have many missionaries that this church sends out. We all have a different gift and a different calling, and we have a different ability and a different mindset and a different heart. And God has given each one of you the same thing. It's varied, but it's yours. And it's something that God has instilled in you, you just need to learn to use. Some of you haven't even discovered this about yourselves yet, but you are spiritually gifted. Truthfully, if we are silent and read the word, God will speak to us. He'll make it easy. You'll find your gift. You know, I have to... I have to fall back because people tell me all the time, oh man, I got something to say. This is my way. And I had an old mentor that told me some of the old sayings were the best and really listen quietly. So I listened to him. And every day he would tell me, we have two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. You know, and I had to say, why is it an old saying? Because that saying came from 60 AD. It came from a Greek philosopher, Epictetus. In 60 AD, you know what came before that? God's word. God's word came before that to teach you how to live your life and about the gifts that he was going to give you. You know, some, sometimes our lives, and tri- our, our lives, trials and tribulations are a path for God to use to get us our gifts. I'm sure that that path of mine, that was, that's part of my, my story. Your gifts may be the gift of teaching of discernment, of faith, of encouragement, of service, of mercy, or even hospitality. I have to say this, as a pastor, I skipped that one. Hospitality thing does not fit me. I tend to be introverted. As soon as I get down here, I'm going to go hide somewhere. <laughs> the, the reality, though, is that, you know, we... We need to learn about our spiritual gifts. And here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. 
There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in a different way, but in the same God who does the work in all of us, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. You know, it ties back to our points. God gave us a gift so we could help others and serve him. You know, he continues on. And we read in Romans 12, verse 6 through 8, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much, as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, Paul goes on to list more spiritual gifts throughout his writing. I'm going to suggest, I know you guys got study guide that pops up and QR code. I really suggest you take time. And over the next week or next month, or even if it takes you a year, sit down and figure out what your gifts are and what's out there and what God's given us. Because you will have the ability, something you may not even see, You know, we, we, we hit as point two, we're not all gifted the same way. Now, there's a, there's a catch, and I don't put a disclaimer on this one. You know, these spiritual, ki- these spiritual gifts that we get are only available to Christians. God doesn't give free gifts to non-believers, and there's a reason. If they were out and not part of the church, why would they need a gift to help the church? I really want to reiterate that and emphasize that. God gives those gifts so that we, as believers, can help the church. Referring to the body. Referring to the others who God has brought with you, has brought together. Whether we're in this house, in another house, or just openly on the streets. There's believers everywhere. You know, we in 1 Corinthians 2.14, we read, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these gifts from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. But if you've said yes to Jesus, then at some time in your life you have a relationship with him, the Bible says to tell you congratulations because you're gifted. You know, we hit we hit the... The third point for today, you know, we're gifted without repentance. I think that's a rough one. I know it's a rough one for me. And I'm sure that when we really think about it as we learn our gifts, there's a lot of people that say, I don't want that gift. I want to go do my way. And that's something we really need to take into account. You know, Romans eleven twenty nine says, For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That repentance means that God won't change his mind. He's not going to change his mind about what he called you to do. If God called you, that calling's there, whether or not you have obeyed, and it'll be there for years. It's not going away. 
You know, in my life, I was one of those guys that I really, I pushed it off. And we joked about it a lot, you know, and it was a long time from when I was first told, hey, you know what, God wants you and he has a job for you. And when I shared my testimony back in October, I explained that there was a lady that came and she told my mom while I was in prison, that young man is not always going to be in here. He's going to be reaching the people for God. You know, that was 20 something years ago. And when we really look at that, that's, that's a lifetime. You know, we, we look at the way we were told, and my wife and I had a conversation years, years ago, more than 15. She said, I don't want to be married to a pastor or a missionary. You know, that, I don't know if she's made it here. She was at Hill Country, at Sun City still. Um, I wanted to, she's out there. I wanted to, in Sun City, I got to throw her under the bus because I could see her. You know, that's a, it's a hard one, right? That, for, for almost 15 years, we were doing outreach. I was doing outreach, and we were doing it as a family. And then one day she, said, she came and said, I realized the other day we've been doing this for years. It's time we become fully invested, meaning I'm ready, and it's okay. I'm ready to be a pastor's wife. And I had to clarify that. I'm not ready to be a pastor's wife, but she is. You know, back, back to my early, my early God ask, right? I'm here in Texas. I'm a fisherman. It was my talent. It was how I provided for my family part-time. You know, really, why am I here? Why do you have me in Texas? And I think that many people often ask the same thing. It seems to be one of the most common questions, no matter who you are. Why, have I ha- why do I have this life? Why am I at this spot in time? Why have you put me with these people? Why am I financially in this condition? It's always the same. It's why. It's why am I here? And God's given you gifts. That's why you're here. You know, right now, I get to be blessed to share some story with you and share God's word with you. And then my prayer is that you get to really sit down and think about what God put on your hearts to do for someone else. That's the, that's the key. You know, when I look back at why he brought me here, I'm sure many of you asked that, but I know for me, and this is gonna sound really cliche, he brought me here to make me fishers of men. I'm here to open churches. I'm here to plant churches and work with pastors in suffering communities. I'm here to partner with congregations that are that are ready and want to really go out there and share grace. You know, we've dealt with the denominations and their opinions of works and their opinions of life and how salvation can be taken and given. That's not so. God gives it, it's a gift. There's no, no compensation. It can't be taken. Nothing they can do. If they say they can take your salvation, they're lying and they're calling Christ a liar. It's undone. You know, as we look at it, I miss the rivers and my life in the north, but I want to say this. The thrill of serving God in an environment where the opportunities are great and the catch is much more important than fish is something you can't explain, you have to experience. 
you know, each person served as one opportunity to share God's love, grace, and salvation. Uh, if, you, uh, if you leave here, and if one of you took a minute and just shared God's love with someone, it'd be a huge blessing, and it may unfold something that ultimately shared the gospel with many. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a turn in our lives, and we, as a family, and as a family here in Hill Country, we're now fishing in Harker Heights. When I talked about the fish, fish from shore to shore, now we are ser- seeing and serving unchurched people. Many of them need spiritual food. They need physical food, and especially hope. That's a big thing. You know, we're in a community that's starving. You know, I, um, I get saddened, and I want to throw a little bit of statistic up here just so you guys can kind of understand where we're at when we talk about unchurched. 40, per, 40 million self-identified Christians have stopped attending church in the last 20 years. That's roughly 12% of our entire, our entire population of America. You know, less than 31% attend one service a year. About 20% attend weekly. When I, when I look at that, and we look at the statistics, that means that 49% are somewhere in the middle. They figure they're their holiday attenders. So I, I got a question. We got gifts, we're given. We got a God that loves us, but we don't have time to fellowship and we don't have time to share. I think we're missing. I think we're missing it. You know, in the last several years, churches become big business. They close the small churches and they open up these mega churches and these big congregations, and boy, the tithes are good. But the little tiny churches, they still need word too. And people that are out there suffering, they need word. You know, I, um, I'm going to hit you guys a little bit long today. I'm sorry. You know, uh, we were sitting with the senior pastor for the picture of the congregation that you saw. And he wanted, to let, he wanted me to let you know, and this is part of it, that he, they've been praying for over six years faithfully that someone and, some, and a group would come help them. One of the gentlemen in that church, we talked about obedience and a calling. I need to, to say this. He brings a tear to my eye. He's been there attending faithfully and consistently in that church since 1974. I'm going to tell you, most people nowadays are looking for the modern They're looking for the bigger, the newer, the fancier, and they're forgetting that God's given us a calling and he has us where he wants us. That's that's a reality. You know, there's a, there's a, the idea that we're here to serve others is it. There's a pastor, pastoral quote, right? Every pastor got to give one from another pastor. Pastor Steve Goodyear is quoted in saying, money's not the only commodity that is fun to give. We can give time, we can give our expertise, we can give our love, or simply a smile. What does that cost? The point is, none of us can ever run out of something worthwhile to give. You know, God, God gifted you. 
He's blessed you, and he's been with you. So as we, as we head towards our close today, I'm going to ask you, what's stopping you from finding and using your God-given gifts? You know, and even more so, what is stopping you from really reaching out in a dangerous prayer and asking God to lead you in your calling? I call it dangerous for a reason. Because when you finally take the step, there's no turning back. For those of you that have, have been out there and you're trying to walk an obedient life to the Lord, you realize that as soon as you take that first step, Satan's on you. I'm going to tell you, for us over the last several weeks as we do this, I can't catch a break. But we do know that the trials and tribulations cause me to grow closer to the Lord. They cause my family to pray harder. They cause our friends to pray harder because they know what we're going through and we're all together in it. And that's the truth. So when you go out there and you're learning about your gifts and your calling, beware. Beware. Because as you pray for God to show you, Satan's going to come for you. And I'm going to tell you, reach out to those that believe. We'll pray for you. And that prayer will protect you. You know... Everybody has a spiritual gift and is meant to help somebody else. You have at least one, you may have several, but you don't have them all. The reason being, if you had all the gifts, you wouldn't need others. And we, as Christians, are meant to be what? We're meant to be the body, and we all take part. I, um, I hope that over the next months and years, as I get to come visit here, because this is still my home church, I, I get to hear stories that say, hey, you know what? I found my gift. You know, I, I found it. I found it. You know, maybe, maybe you're a musician or you're a teacher. You know, there's so many pieces that are needed for every part of our life. And I'm, uh, I'm blessed to know mine. And I'm blessed to know some, some friends that know theirs. And I know you all have one, so I'm looking forward to seeing what God does with it. You know, let's, um, let's close in prayer. And, and I'm, just, I'm just thankful. Lord, we, uh, we come to you today with, with open hearts and open minds. We come to you to, to let you know we're here and we're ready to be obedient and faithful. We, we look for you to open those doors and, and make our gifts clear. We ask that if, you, if you're going to gift us, when we see it, that as, as married couples or, or with our loved ones, that it's very clear. We ask that you continue to, to walk with us and, and guide us. And we're just thankful that, that you've been with us. We're so blessed by your provision and your love and your grace. As we leave this place, we ask that you give us an appointment over the next weeks. Just give us one person to share your gospel with and give us a time to learn what it is you want from us. You continue to bless our lives and we can never say thank you enough. It's that, it's that gift that can't be paid for and the love you've given us. So we look forward to our future, Lord, and we just want you 
to know we love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, today as we close out, my, we'll be outside at the red tent. And if you had questions, just come see me. We'd love to, to fellowship with you and hope to see you next weekend at our event.